Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And I just wanted to remind you guys that there are still tickets available for my annual Bliss Project event, March 2nd through the 4th, and that is 2018. I can't believe it's 2018 so soon. I don't want you to miss out. We actually opened up seats this year, more seats, because we sold out immediately last year. So I would love to have you guys come and meet your tribe of women who are all listening to this podcast with you, who are wanting to support you in your goals and celebrate with you, and you also support them, and just find the people who are going to elevate with you. It's amazing what happens when you get around the people thinking the up-leveled thoughts that you want to be thinking, but you have a challenging time doing. It's really amazing what happens when you get in a room full of people all wanting to elevate. You rise so quickly. You get more done in one weekend than most people could do all year long on their own. So you guys check out the event. It is at theblissproject.info. And I absolutely want you to get your tickets before the price goes up or we sell out. I am not sure what will happen first, but it is one of the greatest events. It's something that I look forward to every single year. I pour my heart and soul into making it better every year and making sure that you guys have a safe, sacred space for you to really have your transformation, to really work on whatever those fears are, or to be able to find the people in the tribe that is going to help connect you and get you to where you want to go and in a fun way. That's what it's all about. So you guys, I'm so excited about this episode because I have one of my my incredible earth angels on. She is one of my best friends in the whole world. And her name is Angelique Nori. And I knew that I had to have her on because she just delivered a speech in front of 15,000 people that I got to see that was so mind blowing about her six guiding principles. And these are six guiding principles that are going to rock your world. And we ask so many questions and take a deep dive into exactly what happens if we're not taking care of one of the principles or we're ignoring one of the principles and maybe why you're feeling like you're a bit out of alignment or you can't seem to get things to line up or feel really good. This is going to answer a lot of questions for you. So if you guys want to hear Angelique's whole story. She was actually my very first interview on this podcast ever. So go back after this one and listen to her full story if you love this episode. Otherwise, just know that Angelique is about to rock your world. <laughs> and I'll give you the, a bit of a lowdown on her. She is a world silver medalist. She is a five-time fitness cover model. That's actually where we met, was at a fitness competition. She is the mother of two amazing, lovely girls. She is happily married. She left corporate America as a sales executive, managing 
fortunes of people after escaping 60 hour work weeks and extensive travel travel she became an entrepreneur with a passion for nutrition fitness philosophy and business coaching and you guys she is one of the most powerful speakers because of what she has been through in her life. And every time I talk with her, I have a beautiful, juicy conversation. So I'm not going to make you wait anymore. I could go on and on about her brilliance, but let's just jump right into it. Here we go. Angelique, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be back. So like crazy since the beginning, right? Oh my God. It feels like yesterday, but it's been, it's been a year and a half. Just so you know. And like BS, 2 million downloads or something crazy. like Four. Four million. Oh my God, I'm way off. It's <laughs> moving that fast. It has scaled. And oh you God. are my top episode. So oh. not only are you like my massive earth angel, you are my top episode. Funny how that works. It's so not funny at all because it's literally, of course, that's how it works. Just the energy between two people when you talk. So you guys, I'm so excited for this episode because... Number one, I just get to have fun. Number two, <laughs> I get to have Ann John again. And she just spoke, you guys, in front of 15,000 people and delivered what she is going to share with you. But we're going to dig in even deeper here um, and ask some questions along the way that I think you guys have. And if you want to know her entire story, you can go back to my very first episode, my very first interview, and you can check it out so you can listen to everything. We literally went from like birth birth to now. <laughs> so if you want to know her life cycle and everything that came with it, and it is, it is an incredible story. So after this, go back and listen, but we're going to give you a brief over overview right now in order for her to get into six guiding principles that we are going to talk about today. So these are the six guiding principles for her life, for your life that you can apply immediately. And if you could just give us a brief overview of kind of where you're at right now, where these came from, what's been going on in your life lately? Yeah. Well, just to kind of uh, the cliff notes of my story, you know, I, I was a college dropout turned professional martial artist for a decade that beat up her body and knew that I would never find a man because the average age of every student that walked in was about 11. So that was <laughs> for me. What if so, you've got like three of them? Yeah. <laughs> That would work. Then it get really weird along the way. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> so um, the professional martial arts turned into a, you know my career in you know conforming as you will you know in per, uh, my profession in corporate world where I was a medical device sales um, rep and then regional sales director. Uh, but I really missed the idea of competing, so I immersed myself a little bit in the world of fitness, and that's how you and I met. And so I started cross-pollinating all of these different skill sets from the world of professional martial arts where you are kicking and punching and training for a living, but you're also learning life skills, like the life skills of discipline, integrity, self-worth, respect mm. for others, perseverance. And as I was in that world, I really I just had this huge dream in my heart when I would lay awake at night and have visions, like big visions, real visions of a sea of people. And I just knew they weren't six or seven or 10 or 11. I knew they were adults that really needed for me to change the atmosphere in their life. So I started to chase after that. And when I got into corporate, I, I didn't find them there. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how my story ends up to where we are now and how I stepped into the world of network marketing uh, professionalism that turned into where I am now in, 
in my strategic intervention coaching and, and uh, working with people one-on-one and teams of people in our uh, profession. But along the way, a ton, a ton, a ton of struggles and ton of life events, major life events. And so I've always kept these guiding principles in the forefront. When anything got cloudy or overwhelmed, uh, you know, people have asked me before, oh my gosh, how did you do it during that time? And it was the guiding principles and the guiding principles really what get me out of bed every day so that I can maintain my mission. And that's really what I'm so passionate about to help people get clear on where they are and who they are. Mm, Amazing. So what I want people to know is, you know, these guiding principles pulled you through some pretty deep, dark moments in your life. So while your life, you were having these beautiful, you know, things happen to you, you were getting married, your uh, career was taking off. You started a network marketing business that, you know, now you're seven figures and you have two children, but there was also so many things along the way while you were creating a life that you love, but what else was happening? Well, I mean, if the birth of two children isn't enough to derail your whole focus and your life, I know a lot of parents can understand that it will literally take you right off track because your whole world changes in the blink of an eye. Um, but I, you know, I lost both of my parents, both to really traumatic struggles, uh, in cancer in that time frame. Uh, we had five or six, I don't if I've lost count moves, four of which were cross country and, um, you know, interstate moves. So there's a lot of things that could be looked at like a sedation. People get sedated in their life by different, different items, different events. And those were some of them, uh, you know, the, the sedation of my parents, like just wanting to kind of crawl in a hole and numb out, you know, and, and lose yourself to that event and, and sort of lose yourself to the suffering versus, you know, focusing on, gosh, what, what in my life right now needs to, where do I need to move the needle? How do I get through this and still maintain who I am? How do I get through this and, and know that when I come up for air from, from this life event that I have something going on and I'm not starting from scratch or starting from zero. And I think that's where a lot of people get it twisted is they get so lost in the moment or so lost in the suffering because the pain is inevitable, regardless of whatever you're going through. The pain is inevitable. Everyone has their, their source of pain. Everyone goes through something where they're going to identify with the most, you know, catastrophic event in their life, whatever that may be. And, you know, it might be something minute for one person. It might be something astronomical to someone else, but the pain is the same. It's Mm -hmm. just the suffering is the choice. So when we choose the suffering, we can't choose our guiding principles because if you're choosing your guiding principles, then you're actually choosing to flex a muscle that is going to bring more positivity, more abundance, more clarity in your life. Mm -hmm. But if you're choosing the suffering or if you're allowing that, the agenda of that event to take over, you're, you're going to get lost in it. And that's one of the hardest things that a lot of people end up getting kind of caught up in. Mm, I love that you said that because it really is all relative. And the thing is, is that I remember so many times, like, you know, when maybe I was going through something and I would just log on social media or think of you or text you or think of the, talk to you, the different things that you were going through, especially as you were, you know, helping take care of your mother on her last few months or when you moved in to help take care of her, just all of these things that you were still holding up because you had a team of how many people to still run. You had your girls, you had your family, you had, you had to take care of your own health and you knew how vital that was. What was that within you that pulled you through that? What did you tap into? I know that we tap, we'll go into your principles in just a minute, but what was that? 
Um, I really think that once you get in agreement, and this is kind of where one of the guiding principles live, uh, you know, is my faith is my my first and foremost guiding principle. And uh, once you get in agreement with God and you get in agreement on what that call is on your life, it's it becomes a critical decision to not deviate from that plan. Mm-hmm. And when you when you don't get in agreement, you go way off course. There are, is anyone listening right now that just feels so way off course? Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the primary answer for me is like when I don't have alignment in my life and I am so way off course, I know I'm way off course with my alignment and my agreement with God. That's the only way I can get in agreement with what I'm supposed to be doing here is when I get in agreement with him. And so faith is my top priority and my top guiding principle. And that is what I tapped into. And, and if you're, you know, listening to this and wondering maybe where that resides for me, it's, it's a gut check. Like, you know, I know that the the more that you develop yourself and the more you listen to podcasts like Earn Your Happy and the and the more you understand who you're who you are and what you're here for, the more that becomes more of a clear voice. Um, but you know, my mission is to crack people open to hearing that more and more and more. And even if they've never heard it before, go, Oh my God, what was that? Where did it come from and how do I hear it again? That's my mission. And the only way that I know I can crack people open to that is to be really clear myself. Mm. So in moments of that kind of overwhelm, it was about tapping into that place. Where does that reside inside of me? And it lived right, like right in my solar plexus, right where, where your heart is, right where your spirit and your soul reside. I just know that I know that I know that when I'm that clear, I can, I can hear it from that place. Mm. Mm. So real quick for people, just as a reference point, one sentence or two sentences, what does it feel like when you're in and what does it feel like when you're out physically, mentally? <laughs> when you're when you're out, um, massive overwhelm. Uh, you know, everyone has an emotional home or a favorite flavor of stress, like Tony Robbins puts it. Um, mine is overwhelm. I get really stressed. I feel like everything's everywhere, and all of a sudden, the first thing I want to go do is like clean my house because if <laughs> I can find order in the physical, I feel like I can find order in the spiritual, and that's not always true. But if it helps me sort that out therapeutically somehow in my head, it's what I'll go do. Unfortunately, a lot of people find and choose that activity, and then that's what they do over and over and over again. And they have order in their house, but they don't have order in their spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start going after and, and putting your love and energy into the things that aren't loving you back. You know, you, you'll, you'll have the perfect, clean, ordered house, but everything is messed up inside. So feeling out for me is just feeling like I can't get my schedule under control. There's multiple sensory overloads going on. Like there's too much noise in my house. I want to shut off TVs, radios, uh, everyone talking, everyone has to shut up. You know, like, it's just like this weird, everything's caving in and I can't hear myself think. Mm -hmm. And when you're in, it is like the best feeling when you can just go outside, put your feet in the grass, feel the earth under you, breathe in and out and go, I'm clear mm-hmm. and, and being able to just make a decision without wavering, just it's either a hell yes or a hell no. If there's anything in between, then something's off. One of the guiding principles is off. And if one of those guiding principle gears is off, the whole mechanism doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love a couple things that you love the whole thing, but here's things that stuck out for me. So I so feel you. That's also my favorite flavor, like triple scoop. Stress, overwhelm. (laughs) 
god. And it's it's like people can look at you and be like still think that you're getting things done so it's also you're tricking yourself like oh this looks good oh look at cleaning my house is still good so those are the things that I do too I go clean my house or I go do something that I'm good at and it's like those are the moments what do you say to yourself when you catch yourself doing it because I do it all the time and a lot of times what I'll say is is like I'll go clean my house or go do something that still feels like I'm taking care of business and I'll be like, stop, no, this doesn't matter right now. This actually is not important for what you're trying to get done. Like this is the trap. So I try to call it out. What do you do? Whoa. So you just said, well, you do what you're good at. And I want the listeners to really hear what she just said. You do what you're good at. And this is going to make a lot more sense when we dive into the guiding principles, but ever know a serial fitness competitor or a serial marathon runner or a serial, like they just keep doing this thing that they're good at over and over and over again, chasing it. And it could be serial countertop upgraders and wood floors <laughs> and carpet, like serial house cleaning. Like it could come in any form of sedation for them or a shiny object, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is one of the reasons why we don't do, do it. So for those of those people that, you know, do that and we all do it, I know we can, I get in that trap too. You go after something that you know you can accomplish and it's that science of achievement. Yet the art of fulfillment is so way off because you weren't feeding the, the guiding principle. You weren't moving the needle on the one thing that is missing in your life. Instead, you went and did it again on the path of least resistance for something that you know that you could do or count on to feel good in that moment. Mm -hmm. And while, while that's important, sometimes when you just, Hey, what's going to make me feel better right now, make it five minutes. Please do not spend the next 12 weeks or a year devoting your time to something that isn't going to move the needle. Unless you're a professional athlete or countertop maker, like whatever it is, like, then that's not part of your guiding principles. But if that's not feeding you and fulfilling you and nourishing you, and you're just going to end up broke spiritually broke. Mm -hmm. And I, I see that all the time. I'll talk to, to people and coach people and they'll tell me and, and spill their guts and, and get really clear and down to the root of the intimate details of what pains them. And then the next six months they disappear because they're, renovating. I'm like, what, how, how did, what happened in that conversation mm -hmm. that we missed that whole mark? And it's because they just want to go do something that they can control because everything else is out of control. Mm -hmm. That you can see a difference that you can see an upgrade that you can see. It feels more immediate. And there's so many things that we can do that feel more immediate than that long-term goal that you are. You have to have so much faith to hang in there with that long-term goal. Cause it could be a year. It could be 10 years. Yeah. It's insane. And you, you might not even get there and the 10 years leading up to it could have all just been for something else that takes 10 more years, but it's all worth it is the thing. It's just, it's yeah. so crazy. So, okay. So that was principle one. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to number two, unless you have anything left to say about it. Well, just whatever your principle, wherever your principles lie, you know, mine aren't necessarily going to be yours, but find out what they are for you. And for me, like I said, faith is the foundation of who I am to, to always give my first and last to God. And 
Um, and knowing that everything in between is going to be in alignment and an agreement because I gave my first and last there. Uh, and, and that means for me living in the South, that world of self-development as well, because everything around us evolves and grows because it was meant to and created to. So if you're staying the same every day and nothing's changing and everything else around you is evolving and growing because it's meant to and created to, then essentially you're going backwards because if the world is moving forward and you're sitting still, you're going to be left behind. And if you ever feel like you're in that place of trying to catch up, it's because you haven't gotten agreement with that. So again, first and last to God and by ever, you know, by the grace of God, everything will start pulling together in the center. Mm. That's, that's why the faith is so important to me. Um, my second guiding principle is my family. Um, they teach me to love harder every single day. And we live in a society now where we have over romanticized hustle and grind. And I would like to over romanticize loving again. Like I want those values to come back to where, you know, I can look at my children and know that later in their life, they're not going to give me the middle finger because I wasn't there, you know? And I, and I don't have to compromise who I am as a mother and as a woman and what I'm supposed to do here um, to still do that. You know, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, oftentimes say, well, my, my children, my children are my why. Yes, your children are your why, but what are you doing every day to fulfill that? You know, I've, I've coached people through that. Even this morning on our, you know, our rise with intention calls, we had a woman talk about her children being her why. And then I dug deeper with her. I said, okay, what does that mean to you? How old are your children? They were 19 and 17. And so they were well on their way to adulthood. And then it was, well, I want to be better because I wasn't there and I want to heal myself. So really, after she told me everything, it was really about her being better. And I said, so really, you, your guiding principle is a little bit off kilter. They will then be more of your purpose and more of your why if you can show them your ability to elevate where you're supposed to be. And that's what I choose for my girls. I look at them every day knowing that as a mother, I would be remiss not to say, dream as big as you want to dream, do as much as you want to do, give as much as you want to give, have as much as you want to have. But I'd be massively incongruent and out of integrity if I was not doing what I wanted to do, not being what I wanted to be, not giving it the level I wanted to give and not having what I know I deserve to have. So that's why my family is so important. And then of course, as as a wife, to be better every day as, in, as a wife. I don't believe that you stand at the altar on your wedding day for the fairy tale wedding and then you you screw up the rest of the time because it doesn't work well. You know, we're, there's going to be fights. There's, there's going to be situations where you're not communicating well. There's going to be massive resistance. There's going to be events that can easily tear you apart. But if that's not one of your guiding principles, then it's going to... It, it essentially will, will fade away. And I'm just not willing to make that compromise. So my family teaches me every day to love harder and without them, um, and without me being able to move that needle every day, uh, then again, if that, if that's off, if I'm not moving the needle in family, then everything else won't feel right either. My faith will be off and all the other, the guiding principles that are to come after it will be off too. So all of these are just as important. If, if, Come hell or high water, at least do one thing to move the needle forward every day. Mm. Mm. I love that. And I think we forget that even 
it it feels kind of like sometimes family time can feel like time off or you're taking time away from that thing that you know you're that you're doing for your family so we get lost in this like well I'm doing this for my family I'm doing this to try to change and Mm -hmm. while that's so important and there are times when man you are just in the thick of it right you really are like I don't know if there's much other word for it than you just feel like you are hustling so what do you do during that time is it like you make appointments for something and then you know for or or you you make family time and then everything else gets filled in around it or what is that I mean even you and I like her and I just got back from a trip from Greece and I swear to you if we did not just put those dates on the calendar and commit to them and put the money down I don't know if we would have went because it's also easy for us to get into that mode because it feels good you know we feel productive it feels like we're helping people so what does that look like to make both happen when you do have a big goal and you are trying to really move the needle on your life. Well, you know what? I, we are, I am not going to try to paint this as some Walton's picture perfect family. Like we are one second away from chaos half the time. And then, <laughs> and then, and then it's chaos. And then I go into that overwhelming place of sensory overload and want to shut down and start cleaning, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel what everyone is, that is listening feels on a daily basis, but there's sacred space and I'd be lying telling you that during that sacred space that I don't easily get sedated because my phone notifications are going off and an email came through that needs attention. But if we can make a conscious decision to create sacred space, the same sacred space that you create around whatever job you're clocking into or whatever project you're trying to tackle, you have to create sacred space around your family. And um, children have a great way of doing that unconsciously to snap you back into reality. And one of the stories I actually told at our convention last week that you just mentioned, um, was I was feeling so like so much resistance, freaking out about holding space for these thousands of people. And I shut myself into our hotel suite and the other adjoining hotel suite was right where my girls and my husband were. And Phoenix, our two-year-old, came barging in in the middle of me wanting to either throw up or give up. And (laughs) she had her hair all over the place, a chocolate bar on her face. And she reached down and tapped her diaper and goes, I poo-pooed. And I was like, (laughs) okay. So I'm out of that moment and that craziness right now. And I have to change a diaper. Like, it's just (laughs) what happens. So you just, you get very clear on no matter how critical and how much pressure you feel in this moment, nothing was more important than than right now than wiping her butt. Like (laughs) it just has to happen. So you treat it like I get to do this because I would, I would be missing these moments. Like, please, 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 whatever you're chasing after, if your guiding principles, especially your faith and especially your family ever take a back seat you're building this empire that you're chasing in spite of the reasons that you started it. And that will screw you up as long as the day is long. I mean, it, and I've been there and I've talked to moms that feel massive shame and guilt because they're not building this empire because they want to be with their kids or they're not spending time with their kids because they're building this empire. I'm like, no, you have to learn a counterbalance. I think balance is BS. I really don't think it exists. I think you can do one thing great, two things half-assed, and three things you drop the ball. And if you ever watch a ballerina on her toes, there is a billion muscles going off there in counterbalance. 
not one over the other. It is, it is just a counterbalance of so many different things happening. And that's what life is. So you just have to know that your focus can't be divided and, and to be as, as cognizant of that sacred space as possible and know and give yourself permission that you're going to screw up, have your, Oh my God moment. And, and may it be five minutes. Just don't milk it for a year. Mm, I love that. Okay. So number three, Okay. Fitness. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my, the, the best way I could sum up fitness. Okay. Is our, look, you're here for a distinct purpose. Again, that that's my mission in life is helping people unlock that. But what good is it if you aren't nourishing and restoring the vessel that you carry it in? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you have to be a cover model. It just means that you have to, again, be better today than you were yesterday. What does that mean for you? And moving your body and nourishing your body because it's the one and only place you have to live. Um, my saying that I live by is if the queen doesn't eat, the kingdom won't either. Mm-hmm. And if I don't restore that, if I don't nourish that, I am going to be terrible for my family. I'm going to be terrible for my business, my colleagues, my mentees, my clients. I'm going to be, I'm not going to feel good about praying about anything because I'm going to be falling apart at the seams. So it's as there's not much more I can say about fitness other than that, but just make it a priority. And even if it's not every day, that's okay. It's just as long as you're doing something each day to move that forward. If you have a bad day, have three good ones after it. Don't have a bad day and then it downward spiral into 10 more. Then it's a month goes by and then a year and then a, a decade later you go, what happened? And then this hidden resentment comes up. And instantly we blame our circumstance, our job, an event, a person. We complain about it. We justify, we rationalize the reasons why we didn't feed ourselves, nourish ourselves, restore ourselves or build ourselves. That is a personal accountability issue. You got to take a hard look in the mirror and know that you didn't take responsibility to taking care of yourself that day. Mm. So this is so huge. This is a huge one for me. I mean, they're, they're all huge, but for me, even, I don't even necessarily feel connected to other people or connected to God when I am not moving my body. So this is one of the things that actually helps me physically drop into my brain, to my body, feel my connection, feel my soul. So a lot of times I will do this immediately in the morning and combine it with maybe prayer or something like that, um, meditation, whatever that looks like for me that day to connect. And what I so what I think happens for people with fitness is they always attach a physical reward with it. We yes. always attach wanting to look good. But I'm telling you, when you start attaching wanting to get clear and mm-hmm. wanting to feel happy and knowing that you just, you end up loving people more and being able to see them for who they are. Because I'm telling you, when I don't feel good, I can't even appreciate my own husband. I can't appreciate the world around me. It's like my world gets so small. I get tiny blinders, like I get blinders on Mm -hmm. and I feel like I can't see outside of myself. I feel insanely selfish. And this happens really quick. If I don't move, or do something it's like all of a sudden you get in this bubble and you can't see outside of it does that happen for you it does um I mean I think I've gone five days without doing anything Mm -hmm. right now and so I I could have huge guilt around it but I don't I've sort of let that go because I know that every day I've eaten really well you know and I've also known 
that every day that I've served in a different way, I've served my body in a different way. Don't underestimate the power of 15 minutes, you know? And I think a lot of people get caught up in this thing like, well, I just don't have the time to carve out to commute to the gym today and then do a 45 minute to an hour and a half workout and then commute back and 15 minutes. You all have 15 minutes. I do not care who you are. There are three sets of eight hours in the day. The first set that you sleep the second set that you're working and, and doing whatever you do, and the third set you're serving your family and other things, and you can't tell me you don't have 15 minutes. You cannot tell me. And fi- I don't care if you're doing 15 minutes straight of jumping jacks. Straight. Mm-hmm. Try it. Yes. Yeah, it sometimes, <laughs> especially during writing this book, because I will sit like, you know, anywhere from three to seven hours sometimes in a row and I will just get up and go for a walk around the block or get up and go for a walk to go get a coffee or a tea or a salad or whatever that looks like and it is amazing what just walking a couple blocks does so I'm just talking about moving in general sometimes it could be a stretching routine and ask your soul what does it feel like because a lot of times it's not especially if you're in a place where you're feeling like you have not moved for a while maybe you're feeling pretty low in your life there's a lot going on you might just need to start really gently. Maybe it's a stretching routine. Maybe it's five minutes of stretching and that is far better than what you did the day before if you did nothing. So like loving yourself and dropping into your body. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, speaking of the story, you know, and we, if you go back to episode one, you'll hear more about it, but even episode one, my mom was still alive. So since episode one, my mom has passed away. And during that time, um, I mean, I was trapped in a house that had no access to any gym and I was, you know, 14 straight hours of taking care of a woman that literally couldn't feed herself, bathe herself, wipe herself, talk, you know, like nothing, nothing, nothing. Her bones were pulp. And David would look at me. He's like, you got to work out. And I would look at him like he was, had three heads. I'm like, oh my God, I have no, I have nothing. I have nothing left. But then I would have a little chat with myself. And I grabbed two paint cans and I went outside and did walking lunges and dips off the step of the house in, you know, in New Jersey and, uh, you know, ran around the block a couple of times or some push-ups or bicep curls with a single kettle pill that I think weighed five pounds. It didn't matter. You know, what, whatever I had is you guys, it's not for your lack of resources. It's lack of resourcefulness. You have to be resourceful. How can you move your body today? How can you serve that? And like, like Lori said, just drop into what that is for you. It doesn't have to be CrossFit and all out, like, you know, some big wad for the day. It, it just means doing something, even if it's breathing for 15 minutes to serve that so that you feel fitter and fit, fitness doesn't mean a six pack abs. No, not at all. It's changing so much for me, especially, you know, even living out in California has changed my perspective of of what fitness is because people just like to be outdoors here. They love to get outside and move and let nature do its thing. And it truly is so nurturing. So when I see people, it's like there are so many 70, 80, 90 year olds, no joke, all the time, every day doing some form of something, whether they are just twisting their trunk, like twisting at their hips with their arms out straight back and forth for 20 minutes. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Get it, Grandma, you are moving in a way that you want to out in nature. Like it just looks so different to everyone because it's what feels good. And following that really magical things happen when you do that. You're just happier and a whole world opens up that you did not hear in your mind before, which is really, really magical. So what is number four for you? My financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
look, financial freedom to me is, is being able not just breathe better financially, but have a plan for later in my life and, um, and doing something that really fulfills me. Cause I, I don't really believe that there's freedom in my finances. If I feel, if I feel trapped in something I don't love, mm-hmm. I could make all the money I, in the world doing something I don't love and I'm not free. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. free. I'm a slave to something that's not serving me. So financial freedom is more than just making as much money as possible, as humanly possible that I can in a lifetime. It's about being free in myself and being able to create and serve and do the things that I know that I'm here for and allow ourselves to to elevate that, you know, financial thermostat in our lives and change the landscape of what our future will look like for our children. Um, So again, it's about moving the needle, right, on each of these guiding principles. And this is where we can get really stuck because they're like, well, I just don't know what that is and what I'm supposed to be doing. So you have to reverse engineer your entire vision. What is what does that look like for you? And for me, I have to back into it because I'll see the big picture and then I'm very detailed. So I need to go all the way back to day one and figure out, okay, if I were to chop this down into the minutia that belongs here every single day, what are the actions that support moving that needle? And then create a list of what you're doing in your spare time or even in all of your time. What are you doing every single day, all day long? Mm-hmm. And then divide that list of those items because we are run by to-do lists and I just don't, I can't live by them. Um, and we decide, okay, if this is not feeding that guiding principle in my finances, it's going to go in the no money item list. Like it's going to go in the no money column. And then if this one's not no any money as well, I'm moving that over. So there's no money and then there's mo money. Okay. <laughs> yep, and then yep. in, in the mo money, I have to decide what's priority today. Like what if I at the end of today, what will I feel good about getting done? And if I could just do that one thing, come hell or high water, even if I was run over by a million other agendas, if I could just move the needle on this one thing, what would that activity be? And uh, if you're doing that every single day, regardless of whatever project you're taking on and being able to dissect what your day is and how you're spending your time, you're going to see how many hours you actually sedate in a week. Like, and you'll go, oh my gosh, I've been doing that over and over and over again, mindlessly and not realizing how it doesn't serve anything. So find out what's on your no money list. And if, if you can outsource it, outsource it. If you can eliminate it, eliminate it. If you have to keep it, keep it, but don't don't let it be the first thing you do if it's running you over. Mm. Mm. If it's that easy and mindless, do it after you've done the stuff that's hard that you want to create that one thing around. Okay. Yeah. Do it first. So I wanted to add that like, so, and it's really insane how small the mo money thing typically is. If you do it daily, it's almost like shocking how scary you're like, wait, so that was only an hour and I have been in resistance over this, but it's about scheduling it in. So (laughs) scheduling, right? So every single day you schedule and you can do that other thing that's wasting your time as long as you get this one thing done. So how do you make sure you're scheduling your mo money stuff in? Uh, look that list exactly. And then I put it, it goes on my calendar. I have to block it out. And, and I am just like everyone else. I will resist until kingdom come and eight hours go by and I didn't get it done. And it, but instead of beating myself up at the end of the day, I create like this, you know, a non-negotiable 
item for the next day and, and, and ask yourself that question. Um, and that goes into all your gutting principles. Did I give my best of everything today? Did I give that an honest, fair, best shot? And if the answer is no, forgive yourself. There's no reason for you to go on a downward spiral of beating yourself up and try to gain some weird badge of honor for, for suffering. Like move, you know, move your life in the direction of, okay, so I screwed up today and I didn't do it. Let me forgive it now and move forward. What can I do tomorrow to create that one item? So again, back to not underestimating the power of 15 minutes in your fitness or the power of 15 minutes in prayer or the power of 15 minutes in a tea party with your kids. Like it's the same thing. How are you dividing up your time? Because in the world of social media that we live in now, hours, like probably 30 hours a week sedating. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. There's there's seven days in a week. You can't tell me that collectively there are not 30 hours wasted in a sedated activity of scrolling, liking, and commenting and watching mind-numbing stuff. So if you can't take those 30 hours and put it towards something that's getting the one thing done, then you need to go back to square one. <laughs> At this point, it's like I almost, when I catch myself on social media, I would rather just put that towards playtime because at least it's soul time. Like go out and actually do something that you can say, oh, that was fun. Go for a walk, go surfing, just go mindlessly play outside in nature and do something. I mean, that is even a huge shift that will actually connect you more than the numbing stuff that you're doing. So if you can't jump into maybe what you believe is like, you know, something that would make you feel really good about your business, even small shifts and small changes are going to be really huge. So go play because play is actually something that's going to help you in the work. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that because I am super guilty of it. And when I notice it, I'm like, you know what, this would be so much better served for me, even just playing, like going and going on a date with my husband, going for a car ride, going and getting a, a coffee and going for a ride. Like it's really amazing what those things do over the time suck. You get in a vortex. It's like life is just slipping away from us watching other people's and yeah. that feels like shit. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I did not just go down this rabbit hole about what was going on over here. Cause it's not even real. So <laughs> it's just insane. The things that I we watch, do. I watch myself do it almost like a third entity. And you're like, Oh God, yeah. Angelique, did you just do that for the last 45 minutes. It's happened to everyone. No, none of us are immune to it. Not one. Uh, Not one. So what is number five? My fellowship. And you're a big part of that one. Mm -hmm. So um, for those of you that don't know, you know, uh, Lori and I's relationship, she is truly my, she's my sister, mm -hmm. you know, but we're even better than sisters because <laughs> sisters fight. And I don't think we ever, We've never ever had anything no. like that. Um, if and we I did, just it'd probably be fun. we'd figure it out. <laughs> um, but honestly, you need to have people surrounding you that that support, love, encourage, challenge you, respect you on these decisions and these guiding principles. Uh, if you are, if you take an inventory of the relationships around you and you realize that none of them are supporting, loving, encouraging, and challenging and respecting you then you probably need to compartmentalize what they do for you in your life. So um, there's a saying, you know, that you are the sum of the people that you surround yourself with, typically five of them. Um, who are those people? What are those relationships? And unfortunately, a lot of people examine that and they even see the ones that are closest to them 
that are dragging them down. And that doesn't mean you have to go and start telling everybody how, what a drag they are in your life and you can't be around them anymore. It just means you got to love from a distance and realize that you've got to be so damn clear on who you are and what's non-negotiable for you that you're not leaving anyone behind. They're choosing to stay there. And you've got to move the, again, moving the needle forward in your life, the chain game, right? That comes out, uh, you know, on a football field, like just, you, it's a game of inches, right? So the, the inches in your life, that compound effect is going to show up in the way your relationships feel. So all of these things, you need to be surrounded by the people that support and challenge that. And the reason why that's so important is a, you're, you're stating those things and people are encouraging you along the way and holding you accountable to them. And B, you'll find when you're not being fed in that way that you don't feel right. Mm -hmm. And there have been times even when it's been like, because we'll, we'll go on our workplaces and Lori and I will be a month and I haven't talked to you and it won't feel right. And then you go and you try to connect and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And the reason why you feel so much better is because you just spent the last 30 or 60 days where people have drained you. And then you went and plugged in to someone that actually gives that life back. Imagine feeling like that all the time or is more, more often than not. And so having those relationships that challenge and support you and hold you accountable is critical to your success in these areas. David holds me accountable to my fitness if I'm falling behind. You know, we hold each other accountable in our faith and our family. You hold me accountable and Chris holds us accountable in our, our financial goals. You know, these are relationships that are critical to you in your partnerships and what you're doing. And typically those are people that are going to be aligned in all the same guiding principles as well. Mm, I love that. So let's talk about though, the people who are, cause you know, you and I hadn't always had this at all. Um, and I think there's a point where when you are transitioning from where you are right now, if it's not where you want to be to where you want to go, there is like this free fall. There's this gap. There's this faith. There's this, it can be a really lonely time. And also it's like when you go to find those people, that can be scary too. Cause that's vulnerability, right? So what does that transition look like? What does it feel like? How do you, how do you know who to even find or where? Oh, um, there's, I, I wholeheartedly believe like I, I look back in different times of my life, you know, 10, 15 years ago where that same attraction that I feel to people now that have, that have helped me up level my game. I felt with people that are way behind now. So I really think that it's about what level you're operating at. Um, like, so let's call level one, like your bare bones and level five where you want to be. And I think you can attract a level five if you're operating a level five, but you're not going to keep a level five in your life. If you don't maintain that, mm. you're going to find you're going to be way off. Um, if, if you're not continuing to move those guiding principles in your life, it's going to be very hard for you to connect with somebody that's operating at a level five all the time. Because if you drop down to a two or three, it's not going to feel the same. So just the same as if you were operating at a two and your relationships at a two felt really good at the time, but then all of a sudden you start up leveling and your game changes. And then you get around these people that were the closest people to you in your life that like did everything with you that you felt that connectivity with and that synergy with, and all of a sudden it doesn't feel right. You're going to go, whoa, whoa. It's, and it's happened to me. And then you feel like a creep. You're like, why am I not? Why is this not working? This is someone I spent countless hours in conversations with. Why are we not connecting? Because they didn't choose to go to a level five like you did. 
you can't force them to do it. They have to decide. So, and you're going to find that in your life. And, and as you grow too, you're, you're also going to learn that not everyone can be everything for you, including your spouse, mm-hmm. you know, and Laurie, you and I've had these conversations before where you, you have such a great synergy, like Laurie and I have a, such a great synergy. And then I almost create this weird expectation and other people that I connect with really well to, to feel the same way it feels when I'm with Laurie. And then it doesn't. And then you're almost appalled, like, oh, my God, what, why is this not working? How come, and you have this weird, you know, white-knuckled grasp on wanting that relationship to feel as good, and it doesn't. So you got to compartmentalize and sort of Rolodex who those people are and, and just be grateful for what they bring to your life. Whatever they're enhancing your life with, hold on to that, allow it, and, and be grateful for it. But if it's not enhancing your life, you you have to let it go. You just have to let it go. I love that you just said that because I feel like so many people are, that's the thing that makes us miserable, right? So instead of, it's like we're either feeling bad about it or we're wondering why people are disappointing when we're totally missing the fact that they could be epic human beings, but we're not allowing them to be who they actually are or we're not allowing them to bring uh, us the lesson that we need because I was just writing about this in a chapter because we actually this conversation what was that like a month ago really started spurring in my in my mind about like okay well what happens when we hold people to this expectation and the standard of okay I wish these people would be these amazing couple friends like you know David and Angelique or I wish these people would hold me accountable like my mastermind group. I wish these people would show up for me and pour into me, you know, like I've arranged over here. Well, these are all arrangements and agreements and, you know, people that you've, that are filling different parts of your life. And a lot of times we're lucky if you even get one like this. And that's something I've also come back to is like, we're so lucky to have even found, you know, another couple, another friend, other people who can fill these things. But honestly, I feel like when we lift that expectation, it's really amazing actually what people bring to you. Like you can appreciate a woman in your life because you like her fashion. She might be a raging bitch, but you might (laughs) be able to look on her Instagram and really grab her style and be like, you know what? I'm so in love with this style. It makes me feel like me. She really helps me in this area and appreciate her for that and free her for the rest. And it's really insane what that can actually do for your life is focusing on what is good about this person. What could be good if I really looked, (laughs) what is good? Yeah. Uh, and you know what, like I mentioned, we've, we've been through some stuff. We've been through some major life stuff and, um, and what's helped me get clear over time is the ones that were there that when we were down, aren't necessarily the ones that are there when we're up. Mm. And then there's the ones that are there when we're down that are there when we're up. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to get more and more clear. And then there's also the people that run when you're down and then they all of a sudden come back when you're up. Mm-hmm. So it's, you'll know and start being able to compartmentalize those things is and essentially you have to realize that it's a reflection of what's going on in their life. Um, if they find any, if they, if they find your success or your, your ability to move forward, uh, any kind of threat to them, um, you're going to feel that. And to be clear enough on who you are and again, where you're going it's so much, it's so freeing to be able to just 
identify it and go, oh, wow, that was interesting. And then move on. Like, there's no reason to stay stuck there. Um, and I know that feeling because I've done that to myself. And it's, mm-hmm. again, it'll take you to that sensory overload, overwhelm feeling where you wouldn't go clean your house. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing. Can we, okay, I want to bring this up because I think this is something that people deal with all the time, especially when transcending and when, and when I say transcending, I just mean growing, you know, maybe growing past where somebody is at. And that is not a bad thing. Like if people are not ready to go there or grow with you, you guys, you're not like, oh, they're less than, or, oh, they're not growing or they're not into this self-development thing or whatever. It's just not their time. And they've served the place in your journey for you thank them and go to where you're going to go. It's no less, more, better. It's all about, are you happy? And are you following what you know your soul is being called to? But with that said, a lot of times when you are moving yourself personally forward, um, we can tend to start to focus on, we were just talking about maybe passive aggressive posts when you start to move (laughs) forward, right? In the world of social media, because we do spend so much time on it or with this could be from family or friends, but you start to think that everything that's being said on social media is about you growing or leaving them or doing something big or it's everyone either trying to take you down or criticize you so this is so like right in line with fellowship because how do we make sure that that doesn't necessarily infiltrate our minds and that we don't go down that spiral do you use your people what do you do um you know there's that song you're so vain you probably think this song's about you (laughs) I literally just wrote that in my book about this. I did. I have it. Yep. We share a brain. brain. Um, No. What do I, I don't know. You know, I think that it's okay to feel a certain way. um, And there, there is passive aggressiveness in this world and and know that you've done it too. Mm -hmm. Like you can't sit here and say that, um, that you're sort of like in this victim world and you're being attacked by this. You've probably put your own passive aggressiveness out there and, and said things that have upset people and made them feel the exact same way in a different capacity. I might be uh, doing it right now about passive aggressive people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, and that's so okay. But I guess, again, it's about letting go and teaching lessons. So um, as a professional martial artist, one of the things, this is funny. We actually talked about this again on our rise with intention call. And, um, I used to train with my master after classes. So in order for me to train, in order to teach at higher ranks, I had to train with high ranks. So he was obviously a high rank. And there were so many times, and I remember the first time specifically where we were sparring and he, I don't know if he kicked me. No, he he either kicked me or punched me right in the nose. And uh, I remember just going off. I was so angry that my teacher, my master, like, I'm his grasshopper and he punched me (laughs) in the nose. And I was like, why would you do that? How could you do that? And he goes, where I come from and you're a high rank, you're a martial artist. Like he was teaching me a lesson. He goes, you are to bow and say, thank you, sir. And I was like, why would I thank you? And he goes, because you've just learned your lesson for next time, not to stick your face where my fist is. And... That's my, that's my advice for people. Like, don't keep putting yourself in front of their fist. Don't keep putting yourself in front of the passive aggressiveness. Do not tolerate, separate yourself, allow boundaries. And 
and, and allow yourself to grow from that because it taught you a lesson. If we sit there and allow ourselves to go down a path of self-destruction because of how someone makes us feel, then we gain zero wisdom. And if we gain zero wisdom, it's like, it's like standing with our feet pointed backwards. Like we're not going anywhere. So we only, we point forward for a reason. It's because we need to move forward. And if somebody is holding us back on our personal ability to grow, develop, learn, and gain wisdom, then we're, then we just have to be able to hold ourselves accountable and responsible for the fact that we tolerated it. Shame on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Shame on you. So again, I'm not, it's not to say that there aren't creep people out there that do terrible things and make people feel awful. But again, feel your, feel your bad for yourself for five minutes. Just don't milk it for a year. Like you didn't have a bad year. You had a bad five minutes. Get over it. Oh, I am practicing this right now in my life. Actually, it's been really, I, I'm so happy you shared that because I think there's a lot of people who continue to throw themselves in front of those people because maybe they're family members or maybe they're really good friends. And it's like, you know, that's your sign. If you are in constant pain around this person to move out of the way, I always think of it that way. I'm like, that is the bus and I keep stepping in front of it and they're not stopping. So get out of the way set your boundaries and it's not going to be fun. It's going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life because you're actually ignoring the person, basically stepping out of their life and saying, I won't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. And sometimes you have to tell them, right? Yeah. And family's the hardest. Yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. Just, you got to love them from afar until, until they realize what you're doing is not a flash in the pan and that you're serious about setting your boundaries and what you're going to tolerate. Oh man, right there. I am right there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Getting out of the highway right now. Okay. So number six. Yes. Well, number six is fun. And you already talked about playing, going outside and playing, you know, not getting stuck in that rabbit hole and this vortex that you get stuck in. Um, let me tell you this, Lori, you taught me a really big lesson, um, that the work is in the play Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you, you started picking up guitar lessons so that you could find your place to be inspired because that's honestly the connectivity that we need in order to, um, get clear many times. Um, and whatever that is for you, and it doesn't mean that your whole life is about having fun and you don't get anything else done. It just means that it's part of your guiding principles and you got to, you got to laugh every day. You got to allow yourself that yellow personality. If you're color coding, like to come out and, and play a little bit, you know, where we start imagining and getting inspired and creating and enjoying because otherwise you're, you're building your faith seriously. You're building your family seriously and you're, you're building your fitness with so much tenacity and hustle and seriousness that, that you don't enjoy it anymore. And then all of a sudden you're working so hard to create this financial freedom that it's rigid and stern and you can't enjoy yourself. And then your friendships and your fellowship don't have any laughter or fun or creativity or inspiration. And so what the hell fun is that? Like, why are we doing any of this if we can't enjoy ourselves? And that's something I personally had to work really, really, really hard on because I'm serious by nature. I'm a, I'm like a red by nature. And my husband is a big, bright, fat, shiny yellow. And if it weren't <laughs> for him, 
I would be a dud. Like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, but I, I have that fun inside of me. It's just that it took me a, you know, time to work out. And I will say this, and if you're going through something right now, and I can so relate because we were struggling for a really, really long time, especially with my mom's battle, um, that I numbed out. I really numbed out the pain for so long because I had to function to be able to pull her through those moments that it numbed out the joy. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a conversation with you and even with David at one point where I was like, I just don't know how to feel joy anymore. And he even looked at me and said, how can you look at your children and say that they, you, they don't, don't bring you joy. I was like, I don't think you understand. It's not that they don't bring me joy. It's just that I can't feel it the same. And that's the danger of getting so numb. You start numbing out all this, the good stuff, the love, the gratitude, the joy, the fun. And that's because you've spent so much time exercising muscles of the spirit, like fear and anxiety and frustration and overwhelm and stress and all of the stuff because you were so rigid that and stern about those things that you didn't allow yourself the freedom to laugh and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that joy is where you're going to find more ability to create and love and inspire. And I mean, how do you show up to the canvas? Mm -hmm. You're going to show up there angry and pissed off that you have to show up to the canvas today. Or are you going to show up there inspired because you just went out and laughed and played and rolled around in the grass, mm -hmm. you know? And I just, it's something that you have to work on because someone like me, it takes, it's actually a struggle. Like I have to go force myself until you actually get into a place where it's something you chase mm -hmm. like anything else. You know, now I chase all these things. Mm -hmm. I have so many stories about this and well, I'll just use the one with you guys because this was hot and it's right now and it's, it was just pressing. So going to Greece before that so you guys what was i'm trying to figure out what my deadline was after greece was it two Eight. weeks or something august 15th and we were there till the 30th of july okay so not long, <laughs> like technically like let's just say like three weeks afterward and i basically think i had half a book or what i'm looking at now i wrote more than half like three quarters of a book when i got back so what i want to say is before that i feel like i was pushing this book out I was just getting it out into the world and while I was enjoying myself making sure I you know because this play was in the fun was in my mind I wasn't really doing much I didn't have a life on the weekends I was writing like a maniac I was still having some fun within there but only like an hour here and there and all of a sudden here's this trip that we had planned smack dab right before this book is due and all I could think of was you talk all about how the you know the it's just the, the play is such a massive part of creativity. And I thought, I just have to go and release and know that this trip is going to fill my soul up so much. And I'm going to have so much fun that when I come back, it's going to flow out of me. Mm -hmm. And right before I left, I was like, okay, you know what? It's okay. Cause I'll, I'll ride on the plane. Maybe I'll wake up and I'll write every morning that I'm there. I'm going to get stuff done. So like that, that you so said that too. Oh my God. I wanted to, get, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to write, I'm going to find time to write. They can go off and do their thing for a while. So I get there and I was like, no, absolutely not. Like surrender to all of it, go and play and know that this, you need this entire space to just go play and have fun and be creative and, and you open up, you tap into something that you didn't even have access to 
when you go and let go and release thinking that you have to be productive, play is more productive than sitting down and trying to push something that is not coming out. So I kept on saying play is productive, play is productive and letting it go and getting lost in the play. And I can't even tell you, I came home and I know you had your speech that you just did in front of the 15,000 people. I had this book and it was like, I feel like we both stepped Mm -hmm. into something and tapped into something that we would have never been able to tap into if we would not have danced on tables almost nightly and smashed plates. Like we needed to go and do that and just eat carefree and drink champagne and be on the beach and do whatever we wanted and needed and talk and just have an amazing time because there's so much freedom in that yeah and if you're not feeling that level of freedom what are you doing Mm -hmm. what you know what are you doing and I and people do this a lot you know and kind of going back to um what we were talking about before where like people chase and go see like serial fitness and serial this and serial and it's not it's not fitting into their guiding principles. So ask yourself that question. I mean, are you going to the gym out of obligation? Or are you going because it's fun for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you eating out of obligation because you've got to eat on schedule and out of Tupperware and portion it out? Or are you doing it because it's for purpose and to nourish your body and, and allow yourself that freedom? So it can, it really falls into all of those categories. Are you praying out of obligation? Or are you praying because you want that relationship to be deepened and nourished. You know, are you, same thing with your family. Are you doing it because you have to sit down and color with your kids or because you get to and it feels good and you can allow that, that to flow out of you to show, the, show your love and that quality time? In your business, the same thing. So make everything fun by doing that. So it's not like you have to just carve out time to have fun necessarily, although that's not, that is critical and important. You can actually weave it into all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Don't make everything else so rigid that you have to carve out fun like an obligation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. weave it into what you do, and um, and you'll feel so much better about how you do it. It's it's just there's so much more freedom in it. You just mm-hmm. other, otherwise go back and you know sit in a sit in a box. I mean, I don't know how else to fix your life if that's what if you're not willing to do that. That's what it feels like to me. I feel like because self-development and and starting businesses and, you know, trying to be a doer or change who you were, we also think we have to change if you're light and fun and all over the place. Like those are, I'm not saying all over the place is fun necessarily, but those are the gifts. You don't want to lose those parts of you as you move forward. Um, you know, we really try, I know just in, in life and business and network marketing and all that we do together to weave in fun, to make it fun, to bring your personality in, to allow all parts of you to come through because it's not, I think in the past people thought it was taboo to bring fun into business. And now it's like fun is the business. Everybody just wants to be happy doing that thing that their soul is calling them to do because I don't want to, I don't want one or the other. I don't want soul time, fun time, play time. I want business to be all of that as well. You know? You I gave us the, a poem. You gave, what? Oh, I wish I had that poem. Um, your bathroom. The, yeah. the master, I should know it because I spend a lot of time in that bathroom. Um, the master and the art of living um, doesn't separate work and play. They're yeah. both the same. To, to them, they're doing both. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And, um, you know, just kind of going back to 
what you were saying just now in the in the work being in the play and weaving it and it's, it's to me it's like having it's having a strategy and a map for your life and then not not stepping off that strategy to take pictures and breathe in life every once in a while mm-hmm. you know it's why it's uh it's barren it becomes this infertile ground to me it becomes very barren and i don't know how else to put it but lifeless and barren uh, with without the the spirit enrolled, without the spirit of who you are and, and the clarity on that spirit um, and what that is for you in your life, it, it, with because the spirit it wants to play, mm-hmm. it wants mm-hmm. to play, it wants to love, it wants to be thankful, it wants to enjoy, uh, you know, it wants to worship. It's that's what the spirit does. But if you're if it's just strategy and just mapping and and just hustle and just grind then there's no love. There's no thankfulness. There's, there's no play. There's, there's no fun. There's no joy. It just becomes, I don't know. It just, it irritates me. Mm-hmm. So but that's, that's me personally. Some people like to just hustle hard. That's fine. I think, I think play is actually completely our natural state. If you look at animals, that's all they do basically all day when they're together is play. And when you look at children, that's all they do all day together when is play. And the thing is you're most tapped into your imagination when you're young, I believe because you're constantly playing all the time. So when we play, we get imaginative. We move our body in ways we would never normally move our body. We would play, we play with our conversation. We play with ideas. Like you're around those up-leveled people within the fellowship, right? Where you play, like allow yourself to play play with ideas, go have conversations you would normally not have that might seem crazy and just see where it lands. Allow, allow. There has to be so much allowing that happens in order to truly play and tap in. And if you're a serious person, surround yourself with not serious people for a while and let go. And Ange, I know that you do that because you are like literally surrounding yourself with Sagittariuses in your life, which are known to be really goofy. (laughs) She does this. I mean, if, if that wasn't a lesson in itself that God was like, all right, if we're going to do this, <laughs> got to have fun along the way because I'm going to give you an assignment and it's going to be a big task. And I, if I know you and you're going to be like rigid and live out of Tupperware, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I, and I had to learn that. And the only way I was able to t- be taught that it was through my kill, my children and my husband and you guys. And, um, thank God. <laughs> I know, I know, I hear you, and I need someone very grounding. So thank God for your <laughs> for your richness, and so does David. But yeah. see how beautiful this all works. Okay, so thank you so much for sharing all of these with us. Um, I love being able to dig in a little bit more to them. Is there anything that you want to share before we go? No, I guess. Well, the final effort is your future, you know, and that I just think of all those guiding principles, like the, like the pillars of a table, you know, like. If, if there's six of them, three, you know, three on each side, if you're missing one, it's going to be a little wobbly, you know, mm-hmm. um, if it's, if it's the gears to a clock that's ticking on your life, if one gears off, the whole mechanism is going to stop working. And then you're going to feel like you're, you're, you're stuck in time, you know? So the gears are really important and they all have to be in motion. It doesn't mean that they have to be like moving at mock speed all the time. It just means they have to be going forward. So regardless of anything that's going on in your life, at least do one thing to move them forward. Some days are going to be way better than others, you know, and, and you're going to realize it, but it's, it's like the 80, 20 rule in life. Like if I could just, if 80% of the time they're operating pretty damn good, then the other 20% I can forgive myself for. It's just that it's when the, we swap those, those entities and we allow the 80% to rule, mm-hmm. uh, on the other side. So, you know, I just wanted to, to share those with all of you because, 
we talk a lot of times, especially in the business world and self-development and entrepreneurship is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the why, the golden circle, operating from the why. And when I had to do a talk on that, that was what I wanted for people to tap into. I'm like, well, what does that mean to you? And where does that live? And what are the, what are the things that fit into that that get you out of bed every day? It doesn't, they're like mini whys. You know, they're just pieces of the big overall mission that we don't deviate from. Your why is a command on your life. It is not just an idea. You have to assume your position. Not because I grant it to you. Not because somebody waves a magic wand over you. You're just certain on who you are. Mm -hmm. And my guiding principles allow me to be clear on what that is. I love that. It's so true. One, one is out. You'll know too. And your, it's your brain, your body, your soul is constantly communicating that with you. So thank you so much for that. Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Well, um, AngeliqueNori.com is my website. Um, stay tuned to make sure you opt in for that because I'll be um, doing some evergreen coaching programs and working uh, with people on a larger, more scalable platform. Um, and then on social media, just, you know, Angelique Nori. Uh, on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, I look forward to hearing from people and connecting with new people. Let me know if this helped you in any way. Um, We all know that Lori is changing the landscape of earning your happy. So I'm just grateful to be a part of it. And uh, more importantly, grateful to be in your life and um, doing this thing along with you because Mm. I think the world needs a lot more of it. Mm, thank you so much. And you guys will put that in the show notes. And Ange, I just want to acknowledge you for the woman that you are, the amazing, epic human and friend that you are and mother and wife. And honestly, you have become so fun. You've always been fun to me, <laughs> but you're fun. You're playful. You're changing the world. You're powerful beyond measure, not because of the fact that you are an amazing coach, an amazing speaker, an incredible human, but because you gr- you help people step into their own power in such a beautiful way and you remind them of how powerful they are. And I think that is when a leader creates other leaders instead of disciples. And that's exactly what you do is you lift people up. Even if they go even further than you, you're going to be their number one fan. And I love that about you. I feel that from you and that support and that love. And I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do any of it without you alongside. Mm. That's the true story guys. So find Find your Lori. <laughs> <laughs> Find your Ange. Okay. So I'm, I have to ask you one last question because everyone's going to be like, you didn't ask her the question. And the question is that we close on is, um, if you were in an, ele- I'm like, what is my question? <laughs> if you, if you were in an elevator with someone, total stranger, and it's like a three floor elevator ride, it's like 20, 30 seconds. They look over at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Whoa. 20, 30 seconds. (laughs) I would say get in agreement with God. Mm -hmm. I really, like I said before, uh, I really just want to help people hear that voice inside of them and, and know that it's God. And then know that if they've never heard it before that they go, I don't know what that was or where it came from, but I want more of it. Mm. Um, and just chase after that for the rest of their life. Because once you get solid on what that sound is, You'll be clear for days, Mm -hmm. not for days, forever, (laughs) forever. 
forever. Thank you so much. (laughs) Perfect. And you're off the elevator. Okay. (laughs) Amazing. I love you. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. 
Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com.